Welcome to the Fantasy Hangover, a weekly fantasy football podcast. You can download us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Also, head over to KnockedOutEntertainment.com for some other great podcasts and content. We're your hosts. I'm Shane. I'm Carl. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Now pop some Advil and grab your Gatorades. It's time for your Fantasy Hangover. And welcome back to the Fantasy Hangover. Sorry, I heard someone say, oh, wait. Turns out I don't have to wait. Um, Ain't waiting on no one. No, no, no. Not today. Not today. And this is a true hangover day for a couple of us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Life happens. But, but we're all here. Some of us are half here, but we are here. Um, and we're going to start with the quick outs. Carl, quick us out. Uh, sorry, I had to grab my beer. Uh, so, last week, uh, David Harris was cut by the Jets and then signed by... The New England Patriots. Because, of course, they would. Be... Because he's a great player that I'm... Sh- that, you know, the Jets cut him because of salary cap reasons. And he had over 100 tackles last year and has over 100 tackles in almost every season of his career. Do the Jets... I think that's good. Do the Jets have enough quality players to worry about salary cap? I would think not, but... <laughs> But as Matt Forte says, they're not tanking you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, great grab by the Patriots. I think he's going to be a, a immediate starter. He's going to he's going to be like a Brandon Spikes like player for him that Spikes used to do, which is just roam the middle and take out any running back that tries to come in there. The rich get richer. Um, <laughs> Dan, I'm going to read this verbatim. Uh, it's on a note sheet. I'm not quite sure who wrote it, but <clears throat> and I quote. D'Angelo Williams might have a better chance signing with a wrestling company than he does an NFL team. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, D'Angelo Williams performed uh, with TNA or Impact, or I'm not sure what they're called. Global Force Impact Wrestling. Whoa, what? That's a mouthful. That's, that is what it is. Global Force Impact Wrestling. Formerly Impact, formerly TNA. Currently unwatchable. <laughs> He, he's the he best looked ta- good. I'm like, he's the best talent they have, isn't he? Him he might Bob be. Bagwell? He looked good. <laughs> Him and Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. What? I haven't heard Bob. that name in a long time. <laughs> uh, we just, there's too. a reason. <laughs> a bunch of us just watched the highlights of it and athletic. I mean, the... Except for the him trying to go through a table yeah. where he over uh, overshot it and overshot went it first. a little bit and yeah and slid right off of uh, not Chris Masters but I don't know what his name is now. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, he looked good. I mean, he did a backflip into a splash. He did a diving shoulder tackle. Uh, a weird little, a weird little move that I don't know what it's called. What, the what's the one thing? where you picked him up and you put him, uh, knee, put him through his knee? Oh, uh, code breaker. No, he no, did, that no. A, that wouldn't be a code. It wasn't a code breaker. No, he one hundred percent definitely did a code breaker. He only I, had one knee up and he had the other leg out. Yeah, whatever. A, an inverted a mod- code breaker, modified, modified code, code breaker. <laughs> Uh, but it looked good. Chris Jericho would be proud. And I don't know if any NFL teams are going to come calling anytime soon to him. Uh, he he's a 34-year-old running back, and he is currently the oldest running back in the NFL. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. See if he I takes mean, he, veteran minimum. He did fine in spot starts for Pittsburgh for the last couple of years, but, yeah. I mean, no team is really going to trust a 34-year-old running back and gonna want who's going to command the money that D'Angelo Williams will. Right. And the fact yeah. that he looked good in spot parts for picture uh, Pittsburgh in the last year, couple years, 
might more be the fact that Pittsburgh has a great running offensive line than anything yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, honest, no offense to Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon Bell might not look as good as on a team that has, you know, he'll still line. look like a god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and uh, lastly, Adam Schefter reports that he believes that Ezekiel Elliott will be suspended this season. Um, I I know what this is. I know what it's for, and I can't remember off the top of my head. It was domestic domestic violence violence from last summer. Yeah, from last summer. The thing is about the whole thing is the charges were dropped. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it, it was kind of under suspicious terms that the charges were dropped, but. The point is the charges were dropped. There is no evidence saying he did what this woman said he did. When the dad straight out said, yeah, he didn't do it. I was yeah. Doing that because I was mad or I can't remember what he Her, her dad came out and said, mm-hmm. I've known him for a long time. I can't see him doing something like this. No. And Re- regardless, it's coming from Adam Scheffner. He, he's got a big name in the game and he, he's usually pretty accurate. Ah, it makes me hesitant at least. All right, so um, does it hurt his draft position in redrafts? I, I, well, hope- if, if it comes out before the season starts, you know, in, in time for people before drafting, I think he drops to five or six. Like he's Realistic- not going to drop yeah, yeah. more. Realistically, you shouldn't be drafting until mid to late August, anyways. So that's still another month and a half to almost two months for us to hear about what's going on and find out if he actually will be suspended. Right. A lot can happen in that time frame. Yeah. It could come out that Roger Goodell says, you know what, since there was nothing, I mean, this is unlikely because it's Roger Goodell, but he could come out and say, since nothing happened in the legal sense, we're not going to pursue this any further. And then who knows, he'll probably appeal it with the players association. I mean, this it's, it's an, can get ugly. Yeah, and it might just come out to be a fine. Yep. Correct. For Sorry. me, I don't think he drops, but it makes it easier to draft, say, Antonio Brown over him. Yeah, right. for that, sure. That's about it. He doesn't drop for me, but it makes it easier makes to it not easier. draft him. Yeah. And that's all we got for quick outs. Yeah, late news week. Thank you, July and the NFL. <laughs> so uh, because I'm hungover, I'm not going to be busting a tab this week, but I am going to be <laughs> twisting the cap on our main topic. <laughs> Um, which is, uh, to go along with what we did last week, we are going to be talking about the best free agent acquisition, or not free agent, best uh, off-season acquisitions (laughs) for each team in the NFC. Um, that's free agents, uh, and free agents, trades, uh, draft. Um, and so let's kick it off with Carl. I believe you have the NFC South. South. I have the NFC South, and we will start about as South as you can... Well, that's Puerto that's Rico. So, yeah, yeah, Puerto Rico, um, vaudeville. I don't know um, vaudeville. Vaudevillains. <laughs> I, that, that was a Puerto reach. Rico desperados. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, close. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is who I'll start with. Not even in the ballpark. Yeah, it's you know pirates Florida, and cowboys. Pirates, cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna guess. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Uh, who All do right. you got? Who do you think I got for the Buccaneers? Deshaun. It's got to be Deshaun Jackson. I, I want to say Deshaun, but man, I'm going to say Deshaun Jackson too. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the go off of what you guys are yeah. doing. Not take Deshaun Jackson. Go Jeremy OJ McNichols. Howard. Just kidding. It is Mc- totally <laughs> Jeremy McNichols could end up being he the could. one though. He could. He, he could, could end up being the starting yeah. running back oh, yeah. for them. Yeah. They they did. Tampa Bay has made some pretty awesome free off season 
moves. Especially offensively. And the one that I went with was Deshaun Jackson. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of what I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, it's the obvious one. He's a deep threat that Jameis Winston hasn't really had. Um, he's going to take the top off of defenses. He's If you're playing in a best ball league, he, in a in a heartbeat, um, I would draft him in a best ball league. Um, in a redraft league, he's still going to be a very serviceable, probably wide receiver two or wide receiver three. Um, Great flex play, personally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he's that home run hitter that they haven't really had. Like, yes, Mike Evans is a great wide receiver, but he does have some trouble, you know, crossing the chalk line every once in a while. Um, but I think Deshaun Jackson is going to do wonders for that offense and do wonders for Jameis Winston. Yeah. No, I like him. Uh, like we said, if you can get him for like a play him in a flex start or a spot play him when you have uh, bye weeks. He's a good player to have, and in best balls, he's probably one of my biggest mid-round targets. He's a guy I oh, reach yeah. for, for sure. Jackson always seems to be a guy that's underdrafted because he puts up good numbers every year. And he always seems to fall to a round where you're, just, where you're looking at things and you realize, oh, Deshaun Jackson's still there. Mm-hmm. And he, he always comes through. I mean, he's always good for either the spot start or the flex position. I mean, it's since the first two years, he hasn't been worthy of you know that number one, number two receiver role, I would argue. Um, back when he was uh, with the Eagles, he was looking more like that. But he's still, I mean, he's still a solid, solid player. Yeah, still a good player. Thousand-yard yeah. receiver. Cool. Um, so let's move on to, since I'm in the South, let's move west to uh, That'd be me. Uh, should we start slow or? Oh, man. The, go balls to the wall, uh, Chris. You know what? Let's balls go San the Francisco. They, you guys want to take a guess? Duh. Go ahead. They, they don't really have too much, but C.J. Beathard, future Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. That's... I saw that on your <laughs> snap. I saw that on your Snapchat this morning. <laughs> he he shaved off the locks though. He's like Samson. His power's gone. Sorry, you're right. That was a joke. It's George Kittle, tight end, Iowa. No, no, no. no it's no. <sighs> trying to think. I know who the it only is. one I, I can think is. of is Brian Hoyer, and the only reason it's, I'm going with that is because you said Peter Garcon. It's got to. Oh yeah, Pierre Garcon. That's. I actually put Joe Williams. I was what? oh really the running oh, back. I'm. Yep, <laughs> I actually put Joe Williams. Carlos um, so happy he is in a crouch position. <laughs> I'm so proud. I, of I you. don't like Carlos Hyde. I don't think San Francisco really likes him. Uh, That'll give you. I think Joe Williams will eventually take over and maybe put up a. I think he's gonna maybe not be as good, but do what Jordan Howard did. You know, put up okay numbers on a bad team. Uh, I do like Pierre Garçon. Don't get me wrong, especially in a one-point PPR, but I just... Dude, San Francisco is just so bad. And, and when hey, it comes hey, to hey, 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 No hey. offense, Zach, but when it comes to bad teams, I, I, I think the running back generally... The running back position is more consistent. Yeah, we kind of mentioned this last week with the Jets where, you know, for example, when I said that Quincy Nunwa could be draftable in the later rounds a wide receiver can still produce on a bad offense. It's really hard for a running back to produce on a bad offense. Well, no, I, I'm, that's why I picked Joe Williams. No, no, yeah. I, I think they'll be more consistent. I think if Joe Williams starts, he'll put up what you'll expect. Pierre Garçon, I mean, yeah, he was a thousand-yard rusher, and yeah, he did amazing a few years ago when he caught, I don't even remember how many catches, but... He, when he led the NFL in receptions? Yeah. Oh, man, it's just... I but struggle the, to see with, their passing offense being any anything. With who's throwing them the ball, Hoyer maybe. He might get injured. Bethard maybe. Um, 
I think those are the only two quarterbacks mm-hmm. on the roster. It's, to be it's honest too with muddy. You. Uh, it's there's no guarantee that it, it could be a uh, situation where it's like DeAndre Hopkins and just balls don't get to him. Right. <laughs> They're thrown at him, but they don't quite get there. <laughs> yeah. My one qualm with uh, Joe Williams, I love him. Don't get me wrong, but my one one qualm is his senior or his last year in college, he did retire from football. And then he came back because the team was basically like, hey, all of our other running backs got injured. Can you come back? <laughs> so it does question – it makes me question his commitment to the game of football. Oh, yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, if he, he's committed and, it, you know, now that he's getting paid, he's probably more committed. Um, you never know, though, because San Francisco's had a couple guys the last five, six, seven years that have just up and gone after their first year. Glenn Coffey, Chris Borland. I mean, both of those guys after one year were like, "eh, I'm done." Right. Well, Glenn Coffee is coming back. Get your coffee grounds ready. Co- and anyways, moving half. on to, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Uh, let's go to the <laughs> NFC North since we're going counterclockwise. All right. All right, NFC North. Um, I'll start with two other people's favorite team in the room, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, we get a pick. Uh, right I'm gonna let the homers have this one. Right. Riley Reed. Oh, the right tackle they'll be starting on the left side? Yeah. <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. I will name every Iowa Hawkeye player. <laughs> Is that your pick? No, uh, I'm going with Latavius Murray. I am also going with Latavius Murray. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going to I'm gonna say you're going to go Delvin Cook. I'm going Latavius Murray. Okay. I just think year one, Yeah. it's oh, more yeah. likely that Murray, they, they gave him the money. I mean, it's... You got to use him. And he, he can get in the end zone. <laughs> they gave him money not knowing Delvin Cook was going to be there in the draft. And uh, I think I think they knew they were getting a running back in the draft. Yeah. I, I think th- they thought it was going to be Joe Mixon. Um, yeah. Latavius Murray isn't the long-term answer. But, Delvin Cook is better, but he still needs to learn the playbook. And how to hold on to the ball. How to hold on to the ball. Tech, Latavius Murray also needs to learn the playbook. Let's not be... Uh, right. I mean, he's... He's not been with the Vikings. He he doesn't know the playbook. He actually came out this week and said that Cook's got a, a lead on him right now because Cook's had the time to look at the playbook, and well, he is and not. Cook can play. Um, Cook can play. Latavius Murray's currently recovering from injury. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but I, I but, meant that in the sense of the transition from rookie to pro. Lat- Latavius Murray has gone through that already. I, I think yeah. Cook needs some time to... He, he's going to be the guy that they hand the football to and tell everyone to try to knock it out of his hands throughout the day because <laughs> he needs some time to sit behind somebody and learn how to hold on to the ball. That's that's my biggest qualm with Cook. It has been since we started this podcast. He just he fumbles too much, and I think that they're going to essentially use Murray to kind of t- show him the ways of hanging on to the football. Mm-hmm. When Latavius Murray is going to be the goal line back. He'll get the touchdowns. He'll get the right. touchdown, so... Yeah, no, Latavius Murray. We there's really nobody else unless Michael Floyd, who probably won't even play. To be right. honest, I I I'm not even touch that one. <laughs> All right, NFC East. All right, so for the NFC East, we're gonna get the obvious one out of the way, and we're gonna go with the Washington Redskins. Is this an obvious one? Oh, so many fullbacks, so little so time. Many <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go on a limb and say, uh, is it Mr. Pirine? Is it Vernon Davis? I'm just kidding. I'm going to go <laughs> Terrell Pry. <laughs> Did they sign any other fullbacks? Um, I'm going to go P. Ryan. All right. So my unofficial answer is going to be Samaj P. Ryan. Just to troll Shane. 
But my real answer, honestly, is Terrell Pryor. Uh, Terrell Pryor, he came out last year, had a great season, had over 1,000 yards for the Cleveland Browns. Um, <laughs> albeit, it, and I say that disgust, with a disgusting voice because it's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but he's going to an offense with a the future 49ers starting quarterback with Terrell, or with sorry Kirk Cousins. Um, he's <laughs> with Terrell Pryor. <laughs> with Terrell Pryor. Hey, he could step in and play quarterback. <laughs> <He's playing> quarterback. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think he's he's going into a really good situation. They lost over 200 targets from the offense this last year, and with Jordan Reed's capability of not being able to play a full season, I think that you know the targets are going to have to be split up, and I think that. Terrell Pryor will get the majority of them. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, uh, not to take away from Terrell Pryor, but I'm really excited for Josh Doxson. I am, I am as well. He's going to be able to come in, be not, not be the number one guy, get accustomed to the game, and actually put his talent to work. I am mildly lukewarm on Josh Doxson. Are you? <laughs> Here's my question for you, though. Do you remember a couple years back, there was a player for the Cleveland Browns and he had a great season, man. He he caught the ball and you know kept kept breaking out for big, big gains and had over a thousand yards. And are we talking about Josh Gordon? And looked real no looked okay. real good. Um, and then he was signed with the San Diego, San Diego Chargers for some good money, and seemed to disappear now that he was on a on a better team. Uh, but he oh. was he had a couple of streaky games. Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin did not have like a have a all pro Pro Bowl season. He had a really good season, and he was a big free agent. I mean, he was a he was considered a great signing for the Chargers at the time. I mean, my worry is that when you're on a bad team with no other talent around you, someone's got to catch the ball. I, I, get- I mean, you're gonna have a guy that has a thousand yards that or close to it, and I'm not saying I, I do think Pryor's gonna yeah. be good. I'm just saying that the worry is there that oh, he might sure. have just been that guy for the for the Flash Browns because this year there's gonna be a guy in the. I mean. I'm not going to say the Browns because the Browns are actually looking like they might be a little bit better. Um, who's going to be bad this year? Um, the Vikings. There's going to be a <laughs> wide receiver on the Vikings this year that's going to have over 1,000 yards. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams is actually a great one. There was one on the Rams last year. I mean, Kenny yeah, Britt. Kenny Britt. Yeah, who's now on the Browns. And yeah. he bounced around the league. He couldn't do anything with anybody. And then he went to the Rams on a bad team, and he was the one guy to catch the ball. Yeah. I he mean, okay in Tennessee. Wait. Never. Oh. I, I thought he was always been like a he's, really good. He is a really good average player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it just it, the worry is there for me. Like I, I would be worried about overdrafting prior. Where, where would you think is a solid spot to take him then? I would consider him sixth a, round. I think he's gonna go before the sixth. Round. I think, I, I think sixth round is actually a, a good position. I would think of him as a low end number two. With oh. potential to be higher. Okay. So you were, we're thinking like fourth. I'm thinking like fourth, fifth. Okay. Yeah. I think that's solid. I think that's, and I definitely do understand the concern for him because he's only had one season at receiver and that one season he happened to a thousand yards. I definitely understand the concern, but I do think that the athleticism will help athleticism and the size because he's a big dude he's 6'4 220 225 yeah i mean i what, mean he he can run wasn't he a tight end for no he was a quarterback he was a quarterback for ohio but state was, but wasn't he on oakland as a tight end no who, i don't who, think so who am i thinking of that was i thought there was another quarterback turned you think are you thinking of blake bell for the niners no, it, was, it was an ohio state never mind okay ignore me I'm um <laughs> But I, I definitely do understand the concern, but I, I 
I think he's worth the risk it, personally. Uh, so ESPN has him going pick number 44. He's a 24th receiver. That's a low end, too. It's a low end, too. No, that's I'd, I'd say that's a solid would, spot. Yeah, I'd that's a him, very solid spot. I'd put him, I guess, not too much higher, but just a little bit higher. Who are a couple of the guys going around him um, at the receiver position? Golden Tate. I'd take him over him. Golden Tate. Uh, we got, in, in a PPR, um, let me throw out Doug Baldwin. I would argue I'd uh, Golden Tate just because Golden Tate, uh, year in and year out, last few years, has get, gotten the receptions at one point PPR. Yep, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Baldwin, Sanders is Baldwin, going before him. I think you got to go Baldwin between the two of them right now with how Baldwin did last year. Uh, Emmanuel you Sanders. The, the six games that he did well in? Yeah, but, I mean, it's to me it's potential versus... Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. You, you know what you're getting from those guys. I mean, Terrell Pryor has like the upside to be a wide receiver one. I would take him above Manuel Sanders, though. Yep. Yeah. So Manuel Sanders is going number forty right now. Okay, so just perfect. two spots ahead of him. So, so we move back to the south. Moving on south, uh, let's go with. You know what? I'll make you guys guess on this one. Let's uh, let's go with the Carolina Panthers. Oh dang! I was gonna guess Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got a weird one. Um, I would say it is the 40 pounds of weight that Kelvin Benjamin added. Is that the best acquisition? <laughs> that is absolutely the best acquisition. Well, they do need new offensive linemen. Hey, uh, Matt Khalil's the truth, dude. <laughs> uh, my real guess would be Christian McCaffrey. That would also be my guess. That's the only possible guess I can think of. Curtis Samuel. I am actually going with Curtis Samuel. Really? What? Okay. Um, I wanted to go with Christian McCaffrey, but here's why I didn't. Jonathan Stewart. And I I don't think Jonathan Stewart's going to be I don't think there's going to be a true number one running back in Carolina this year. As long as Jonathan Stewart is there, he's going to take looks away from Christian oh, McCaffrey, yeah. and that hurts him this year. And he Cur- takes all the goal line, so he's going to take yep. touchdowns. Exactly. Curtis Samuel, however, just immediately gets implanted as the slot guy. He's a gadgety wide receiver who can line up anywhere. He can even go into the backfield if he wants. He's going to be all over the field, and he's going to be that awesome weapon for uh, Cam Newton. So I think he is the best fantasy acquisition this year. I think in the future when uh, Jonathan Stewart is no longer a Carolina Panther, I think Christian McCaffrey is the better long-term answer. But for this upcoming year, Curtis Samuels is the guy. I can see that argument. That convinced me. (laughs) Yeah, that convinced me. I am going to (laughs) agree and disagree at the same time. You're going to tentatively kind of agree? Tentatively kind of agree. (laughs) I understand the argument, and I definitely do agree with you 100%. But in the same aspect, Christian McCaffrey was the number eight overall pick in the NFL draft. Curtis Samuel was not. They are going to find a way to use Christian McCaffrey in any way possible. All you have to do is watch that great game from a couple years ago against Iowa to know how much of a threat Christian McCaffrey is. I, I don't know. I don't think I know the game you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I was blacked out during that. Pretty sure it was a bowl game, Carl. Uh, I don't know. I was again pretty sure I was blacked out. Jane, I think you're... right after that, the like beginning of the next season, uh, NDSU also did something with Iowa. No, that wasn't. That, that, no, ship shape. That, oh, okay. Yeah. No. Again, not sure what you were talking about. I must have been asleep. So, from a fantasy perspective, and we'll go at their um, respect, respective draft spots, who would you guys rather have? Christian McCaffrey at, I'm going at around 39, or Curtis Samuel, I couldn't find his name, I'm sure he's going undrafted, or we'll go around 12. Well, do you go for the value, or do you go for the possibly 
getting a starting running back risk. Is the risk worth the reward? Who's who else is going around where Christian McCaffrey is? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, Actually, one. my real question is: Is Jonathan Stewart going earlier or later than McCaffrey? I would assume later. Yeah, I think he's going later. I think I think the way that everyone thinks it is that McCaffrey's going to be on in on more downs. Yeah, but Jonathan Stewart's going to be in there st- stealing some touchdowns and some carries. So, and then it comes down to: Do you want the better PPR option, or do you want the guy that's going to score you the bulk of the touchdowns? Yeah, yeah. And we and also the thing is, I mean, as much as we talk about how Jonathan Stewart's still going to be the main guy. We really don't know. Right. They changed their entire tone of their entire offense this offseason during the draft and free agency. Mm-hmm. They We don't know what they're going to do anymore. Yeah, it's a tough decision to make uh, until we get a little closer to the season. Yeah. Hearing what happens at the uh, uh, preseason. and in See the how they use them in, in the, yeah, the preseason games. So what's your answer? Uh, to answer Carl's question, Isaiah Corral, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram are going after him. You got Marshawn Lynch going just before him. Crowell is the only one that I can see taken before McCaffrey out of those three to be honest. Yeah. Uh, other than uh, Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, uh, I was going to say Other than Lynch. Lynch. The ones going after McCaffrey. McCaffrey yeah. at 39 or Curtis Samuel in round 12. Who would you guys rather have? The value pick? Why, why can't I just draft both of those? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, that's that's really the... I guess but, if I to if I had to choose, I would, I would honestly probably choose Curtis Samuel. If I had to choose, I'd honestly, I, I would honestly say Christian McCaffrey. And the reason is... Um. Yeah, it's it's a risk, especially up at you know round four. That's a huge mm. risk. But at the same time, I personally feel more comfortable with the amount of work that McCaffrey's going to get compared to the amount of work that Samuel's going to get. And you know, all it takes is one injury. If for, and that's could be going for either guy, but right. all it takes is one injury or one big play to really make McCaffrey that big, big money target. And I would rather have him than not have him. With with the names you just said, I would rather pass on McCaffrey, take Crowell there, and then take Curtis Samuel in the twelfth. Oh yeah, okay. that's that's what I would do. If that's if I'm sitting at thirty nine and that's who I is available, that's that's what I realistically would do. I'd, I'd probably skip over McCaffrey to draft Crowell oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, I I think McCaffrey is going just a little too early. Yeah, right now, especially season rankings. We'll see. Yeah, if he was going into a situation where he was going to be the guy. And you knew he was going to be the guy, then that's different. That's a whole different story. I mean, it's not like I I, I don't have the same questions with McCaffrey that I do Fournette. I, I actually feel a little safer with McCaffrey than I do with Fournette. All right, are we going to the West? Yeah, is it, is it me? The West. The West. Uh, let's go with L.A. Rams. Ooh. Uh, yeah, dude. The West really didn't have anything good. Um, Cooper Cup. Robert Woods, I guess. Yeah, I guess Robert Woods is who I would say too. I actually put Gerald Everett. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I think Jonathan Goff is still learning. Um, I think Everett is going to come in and, I mean, he was a second round pick. Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. <laughs> what did I say? Jonathan? You said Jonathan oh, Goff, like the guy a... I used to work with? Yeah, that's the guy I used to work with. <laughs> <laughs> who was a former NFL linebacker, Super Bowl winning yeah, linebacker. Jared Goff. I think he's still going to need a safety blanket. Um, Tyler Higbee's or other. Fourth round pick, tight end, Gerald Everett. They picked up in the second. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to be the guy he throws dump offs to. I, I like Robert Woods. I think he's a good number two. So he's going to be surrounded by other number two receivers <laughs> along with Cooper Cup. <laughs> so I don't know. That that's just too muddy. They they just have too many average receivers for any of them to me personally think be fantasy relevant. Do you draft Gerald Everett this year? Do I in draft a, him? in a redraft? 
No. Okay. Oh, no. There I, are easily 10 tight ends I would take over him. Yeah. There's probably 15 in my... <laughs> that yeah. I there's, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably disagree with you and say Robert Woods and just because I think he's going to be the... The guy, I think he was smart in going to the uh, going to the Rams, where he'll be that guy that has the thousand yard season possibly for him. Yeah, um, Everett, I just worry that you know he's coming from what South Alabama or something of that sort. Yeah, uh, so competition's going to be a little different for him. Uh, mm. Yeah, <laughs> he might have been able to maybe overpower some of the people as a tight end for for a Division two team, but he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. So. Yep. I, I can see that it. is a big worry. There's sure. a couple guys like him and Sheehan. Um, Shaheen, Shaheen, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's close. For the for Always. the Bears that are guys that tight ends went in the second round from Division two schools, and I don't know how much I would bank on them year one. There's not you don't see a lot of Division two tight ends actually do much in the NFL. No, I mean, the most successful one I can think of was uh, Zach Miller from UNO. Um, University of Nebraska Omaha, um, and he, and he was just because Bears, he was a second. Yeah. No, there's two Zach Millers oh, no. in the league. Well, I was trying to figure out if, they, if which Miller you were talking about. He was the one that played for the Seahawks okay. for years. Wait, um, oh, okay. So, okay. So, he, so he went to college at Uno. He went to Uno. <laughs> um, okay, and he played in the the league for years, but he was more so just a blocking guy. Um, I can't really think of any other Division two tight ends that really. Done. I mean, there's been some overdrafted in the in the draft, but. Nothing that's they've really done anything in the NFL. I still stand by the fact that I think they panic drafted. Don't say Quinn Saucer. No, <laughs> I think they panic Pull drafted back. when they drafted Everett because of the fact that three tight ends went in the first round. I think it was a panic draft move. I, I don't agree. think it was anything where they were like, "Okay, well, we have to take this guy. We believe he's going to be the next Gronkowski." I, I really don't think that was their case, and we clearly know how well the Rams draft. So yeah. Hey, Jeff Fisher's gone. Yep, that's true. He's gone. So we never, we don't, we don't really know. Tavon Austin <laughs> showed some decent flash. Not for year. what he's getting paid. Yeah, not, not for not what for he's that. getting paid. <laughs> not, not for that money. <laughs> I mean, Robert Woods is getting overpaid too. But that's another story. Yep. So um, I think we're moving on to the north. All right. right, in the north, I'm going to go with the uh, Green Bay Packers. I only have one. I, I I looked at Jamal Williams. That that was my guess. They, That's not my Green guess. Bay doesn't really ever play free agency that. No, much. they don't at all. Uh, I'm gonna Maybe. Guess, I'm gonna guess you went Martellus Bennett. Oh, that's... I did go Martellus Bennett. Yeah. Was, yep, I forgot about Gibbs, Bennett. Yep. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. He spreads it around. Um, having a tight end that can catch again. Since they haven't had that since Jermichael Finley. Um, you could see uh, him having a year like Jermichael Finley did that one year he was healthy mm-hmm. uh, with the Packers. So, I mean, it's just he, he looked good last year. He looked good with the Bears even. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bennett's a good player. Uh, so, I think yeah. it's a good grab. I think he's going to be the most fantasy relevant of the players they grabbed because I, I think that they're they're sold right now on Ty Montgomery being their, their running back um, after the way he played last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I that's why I didn't go Williams. I looked at him, but to be honest, yeah. I completely forgot about Martellus Bennett until like just now. <laughs> they, actually, they actually signed two tight ends this offseason. Did Jerry Cook go? No, no, Jerry no, Cook Jerry was, was there. Was Jerry Cook went to Oakland. Okay, okay. Um, they took Lance Kendrick as well. Oh yeah, um, who I don't think has a chance to be no no uh, a guy there. They just wanted a second guy just in case Bennett gets injured. I think probably, but yeah, I think that's a pretty simple run and dry there. Yeah, there's yep. nothing really I have to say I about Martellus that, yeah. Bennett. It's 
He is what he is. is does he go drafted? Oh yeah, I think he's yeah, drafted. I, yeah, I mean, he's I think, drafted. I don't think he's one of the, like. I don't think he's a top five tight end, but I think like he's in, top ten. Once they start, once the run of tight end starts, he's gonna get. Back. I would say With, top. I would say he's in the top twelve. Yeah. I don't know if it's yes, top ten, but I'd I say think top he's 12. going to be drafted as a starting tight end for somebody's fancy. Uh, team. Oh yeah, yeah. With how weak the tight ends were last year, he was a top ten tight end last year. Yep, um, and a lot of that was one game. Yep, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's move on to the NFC East again. All right, so we are going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. You better not have put blunt. <laughs> I assume Alshon Jeffrey. I'm going to assume Alshon Jeffrey. That's also. my assumption, too. And Carl, I did put LeGarrette Blunt. What? You did? And the reason why I put LeGarrette Blunt is uh, what, well, not only touchdowns, but what is the best thing to help a young quarterback? Darren Sproles. Oh, Alshon sorry. Jeffrey. I'm just kidding. Big a offensive line. A solid <laughs> running ends. game. <laughs> a great defense. Good God, God. Jim good God. Staff. Supportive parents. <laughs> Rich parents. An awesome inner circle. Okay, LeVar Ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways. No, a solid running game is the best thing to help a young quarterback because that will open up things in the passing game. But Zach, and, Ryan Matthews is still there. Brian Matthews has played like four games <laughs> yeah. in the past five years. So, um, no, I mean, but seriously, he gets hurt all the time. Yeah. Uh, but LeGarrette Blunt last year had a career year with the New England Patriots. And the thing is that people forget he was actually a really solid running back back when he was with Tampa Bay. And he was a really solid running back back when he, for the couple years he was with New England. He went away for half a season to Pittsburgh and then went back to New England and helped him win a Super Bowl. My my only concern with that is New England's got a system, and and I, I think the majority of his success is because of New England system. That's kind of the argument that I was going to bring up as well. Um, I think there's a reason why he was undervalued in the free agent market, why he signed a contract for less than Rex Burkhead. Um, I think it was because he's a 29 year old, 250 pound running back. <laughs> I. You can say that, but he had, you know, what, 20 touchdowns last year? Or 16 touchdowns last year? I think he was 18. Eight, I think he was 18. 18. Um, so he was uh, a force to be reckoned with, but even the Patriots went, no, nah, we want to go We want to go younger. And then other teams looked at him and said, well, the team that he, he just scored 18 touchdowns for didn't really want him. Why, why should we pay him money? Yeah, but Shane, you of all people should know, you can never know what New England is actually doing. Oh, no, I... I get that, <laughs> but New England but, has a their system is so plug and play where they have they know what they're doing. It's work. It works. They just need to pick the player, hmm. right? Yeah, there's really no they developing, the, and it's the player that fits the system. Yep, but that's they're, they're so. But also, there there's still talk about the Eagles cutting Ryan Matthews. There's been talk for the past four months about that happening. Don't get me wrong. I think Blunt's going to be their starting running back. Oh, yeah. I think Ryan Matthews is going to be gone. I, I just think that it's possible that the Philly's just not a place where you can have a good starting running back right now. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. fair. I, I think Alshon Jeffrey will do better than LeGarrette Blunt. And that's the thing. Like, and I think I'm they'll be out- playing from behind a lot, so they'll be throwing the ball a lot. I'm a Jeffrey fan, but I don't know how, I don't know how he translates. I, he's... He, I believe that he will do well in Philly, but hey, you just don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, in, in that sense, Carson Wentz has legitimately never had a a target like Alshon Jeffrey dating back to college. He's never had a target like that. So that's fair. 
you don't know how exactly they're going to, you know, you don't know if they're going to have a good rapport. You don't know if he's going to, you know, be able to get in the ball enough. I think he will figure out a way because he's, he's a very smart quarterback and he's good. Um, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, it's fine. One thing, then another big reason too, I went with Blunt over Jeffrey is there's been questions with Jeffrey's entire career and how much he actually cares about the game. He's lazy. Blunt's never had those questions. Blunt. <laughs> I have a feeling that that didn't show up on the mic, so nobody knows what you're laughing about. Uh, my, in case you didn't loud. hear it, my phone went off, and I have a great ringtone. So, fantastic. That's. Um. Anyways, I think that's a good time to go on to back to the south, Carl. Oh yeah, it's me again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I love that ringtone so much. <clears throat> so, let's see here. Do I want, do I want to go weird or do I want to go... Let's get weird. Let's go weird. Um, because there's no way you guys are going to get this. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. That was one of the two teams where I'm like, I don't even know who to pick. Yeah, they didn't, they they didn't, didn't really sign anybody. They didn't do anything. They did. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me a second here. I mean, I guess I could have picked somebody who wasn't going to score anything. But because he got signed, and he might get like I mean, ten te- catches. Technically, this person won't score anything. I got nothing. So you took a offensive lineman? Uh, no, I went uh, Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator, as the oh, okay. as the most fantasy relevant acquisition because they didn't pick up anyone actually like player wise. Plot twist. Plot so twist. you think yeah. he's going to improve the offense? I think he will at least keep the offense as good as it was. Okay. Um I don't think he's gonna improve it necessarily, but um he he's got a pedigree for doing very well with the quarterbacks that he's got. He was the quarterback coach in USC for a long time. He coached guys like Carson Palmer, Matt Leinert, John David Booty and Matt Mark Sanchez. But that's, you know, they had four, like four, all four of those guys were Rose Bowl MVPs. There are two Heisman winners out of that one Johnny Unitas winner, which is the best uh, quarterback in the, or in the NCAA. Um, so he's got a history of doing very well with quarterbacks. He also has a great history with running backs. Um, in every season that he was a full-time head coach, he had a 1000 yard rusher uh, in the NCAA. Um, he had Chris Polk three years in a row at Washington, two years of Bishop Sankey, and then one year of Javorius Allen at USC. So in his six years of being a full-time head coach, he he ran a very good offense, and they do a lot of play action. They do a lot of no-huddle stuff that Matt Ryan thrived in this past year. So I think him becoming the new offensive coordinator there is it may not necessarily improve the offense, but it's going to do a lot to keep those places or those pieces keep the in the status quo. Well. So yes. what you're saying is he's really good at getting production out of not talented running backs. Yes. <laughs> in college football. In, in, college, co- football. in college football. So take this all with a grain of salt. But he's been offensive coordinator in the NFL before. Like he came over from No, he hasn't. He's only been a He was a head coach. He was a quarterback's coach at uh Oakland in oh four. That Rich Gannon? Uh, no, it was after Gannon. Was he a head coach for a season for the Rams too? Nope. No. No, he's never been a head coach. Huh. He was head coach at USC. They had he had the alcohol issues where he got fired. And oh, that's what, and he, okay. I know who I'm thinking of. Never mind. I'm thinking of a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Sorry. And then he went to Alabama and was the. He was an offensive. He he was like a. 
offensive analysis guy. Yeah. And then when um, Lane Kippen left, he yeah. yep. So how big of an impact do you guys think he makes towards Julio? Little Kyle to Shan- none. None. Because Kyle Shanahan made a huge impact, I think. And. Uh, his two freakish years the past two years i mean the, the hype was there when they hired kyle shanahan two years ago and kyle shanahan likes his number one receivers he throws to their number one receivers he feeds the number one receiver the ball i think the hype is going to be more on the running backs now mm-hmm. um i don't get me wrong i still love julio but as we've talked about before i think his production is going to go down this year it's always going to be me and julio down by the schoolyard can i interject on something for a second yeah interject we- away Okay, so back when Sarkeesian was hired as the offensive coordinator for Atlanta, mm-hmm. they told him, per reports, that we don't want you to change a lot of the offense. We want you to keep running a lot of the same philosophies we have. That's why I don't think that the impact on Julio is really going to be anything, because I think they're going to still do a lot of the same stuff they were doing last year. Yeah, And even last year, even though Julio had a big year, that offense went through the running game until the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> that offense went through the running game. So, I mean, you saw Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman each have number one and number two running back weeks together at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think yeah. that the, the running game will probably be impacted more in the passing game, but I expect to see still a lot of Julio and Matt Ryan. Okay. So, so that was my cop out for the, uh, no, that was, so. that was solid. It was unexpected. It, I like sense, it. it was better than everybody else they did. They, yeah. they grabbed. They, I think they drafted a wide receiver in the seventh round, and that's the only offensive player they yeah. added. So. I remember writing his name, and I'm like, I'm not going to talk about this guy, and I deleted it off my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the Weast. Back to the Weast. Um, who else do we have? Let's go to the Seahawks. Om nom nom. Om nom nom. Uh, Not quite beast mode. We'll but look, beast go- mode. We'll look at Golden Corral. <laughs> Shane, hey, he's been making those bonuses. Yeah, he, he has, has been, been making the bonuses. You know, you you <laughs> pay me $50,000 to lose 10 pounds a month, I'll do it. Pay me five grand. I don't care. <laughs> but no, is, is it Eddie Lacy? It's got to be Eddie Lacy. Devin Hester. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Eddie Lacy. Um. <laughs> He only played five games last year, but he looked good. He had over four yards of carry in those yeah. games. Yep. Five yards of carry. 70, oh, was it five? 71 uh, carries for 360 yards. So just around five, unless I did my math wrong. I don't know. But it was roughly around four or five, which for Eddie Lacy, that's good. And Thomas Rawls, I think. For it, any running back, that's good. Yeah, any running yeah. back, that's good. Uh, Thomas Rawls, I think everybody's kind of shying away from him. He, he was the hype, like, what was it, two years ago when he yep. came in and took over and was awesome last year he kind of disappeared and i think i mean he got beat by Kristen michael <laughs> for the majority carry so i who's but chris Ma- chris michael's the truth he's the truth <laughs> he's, he's gonna break out he's any woke. time he's now he's awake. <laughs> but it's, it's gotta be i think eddie lacy is gonna be their starting running back i think he's gonna come in and just wear down the defense you could say he's gonna chew up the offense <laughs> chew up. The defense. Two of the yards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> insert, he's gonna, insert fat joke. He's going to run down the uh, the sideline just waka 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 I've never been a big fan of CJ Procise, but uh, do you guys have any thoughts on him? I think Procise could be their best offensive weapon. Um, I, I like the guy coming out of Notre Dame. I thought he looked fantastic. 
Um, I thought he honestly looked about in the same realm as David Johnson did for me coming out of college. Uh, but because and that's because we play in PPR. This is all based on PPR. Pro size can catch the ball because he was a receiver before he transitioned into a running back. And he's only been playing running back for two years. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who can do what he does after only being in a running back for two years. So I think he could do really well, but obviously it's going to be Eddie's, Eddie Lacy's show for at least this year. Yeah. I, uh, I can't agree with any of that. Precisely. Eddie Lacy's going around pick 66. Carl Doors over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, not, you're not. Not at all. <laughs> There's a game here called Punderdome. What do you think? What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should move on to the north. All right, so let's go with the Detroit Lions. Uh, I have a name, but it's, it's only because it was... Uh, they didn't really do anything either. Is it Asiata? That's going to be my guess. <laughs> oh, God. God, I forgot about Asiata. Is it Asiata? It's him or apparently they picked up Jared Aberderis. Aberderis, 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 Aberderis. They also oh, picked oh, up uh, Daniel Fells. Uh, is it... What is it, Kenny um, Omega? Yeah, Kenny Omega. Um, Zach, was your guess? Remember. It was like a third round. I, I have, n- I have no guess. It, it's the offensive line. It's what they've done on the offensive line. Oh, oh it's totally TJ okay. Lang. Yeah, it, it's TJ Lang, Ricky Wagner, and oh, to yeah. a lesser extent, Greg Robinson. So go Asiata, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've had problems with their run game, uh, and it has a lot to do with their offensive line not being able to to block. So they've had they've had a tough go for about 20, 23 years now. Yeah, when did Barry Sanders retire? Two thousand. Hey, who? What was the name? Julius Jones had a good okay Tom, run. Uh, Julius Jones played for the Cowboys. Uh, Thomas Jones. Tom, no. Thomas Jones uh, played for the Ke- Bears. Kevin. Tom- Kevin oh. Jones. Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, there was it was, some, it was one of the Jones that did all right, not good, but. Anyways. <laughs> Where, where Shane? Shane. So <laughs> they signed a uh, a new starting right tackle to replace somebody that wasn't doing great at the position, uh, who is now the starting left tackle for the Vikings. Go Hawks. Uh, <laughs> they signed a new left guard who is arguably one of the best left guards in the league with uh, TJ Lang. For pass protection, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then they lost their left tackle, who was a, he's a second-year player. Um Played very well at left tackle last year. Don't remember mm-hmm. his name, but Taylor they, Decker. Decker. Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker. Okay. Uh, Taylor Decker, who uh, went down this offseason. They immediately traded for Greg Robinson, who is a downgrade from Decker, but he's <laughs> a former number two overall pick um, from the Rams, who maybe in a better system could live up to some of the potential he had before. I mean, he's only what two or three years out for me and drafted number two overall i think he's yeah. anything he's I, like 24 yeah he's pretty young so i mean it could be a coup of a of a yeah of a and, trade for them in the in the long run and worse even case if he doesn't scenario, work out there they could swing him into another spot yeah absolutely i guess the next question comes the next question to be brought up is do you guys like amir abdullah or theoretic theoretic next year as the amir number Abdul- one amir amir, amir, amir. Parra, wherever you are uh, to, to score more i guess points not necessarily the number one running back to score the most points. Uh, still, point I'm still going to say Amir. I would say Amir Abdullah. Amir yeah. Abdullah, theoretic proved last year that he is nothing more than a third down back. Amir Abdullah is explosive when he's playing. I've never been a big fan of him personally. His college tape is amazing. I just don't think it's going to translate. 
Which it, it most likely won't translate, but if you're it, it, just answering your question, I think it will be Amir Abdullah who gets the most points. I'm not saying he's going to be a 1,400-yard runner, but I can see him having over 1,000 all-purpose yards. Right now, Theo Riddick is going 63. Amir Abdullah is going 80. Really? Give That's me Amir. That's ESPN has, it, It's yeah. because Amir Abdullah is an unknown property yeah. still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only played in a handful of games. He only played he's been one. injured so much. I think yep. he only played two games last year, maybe three. Yeah, but he played the majority of his rookie year. No, I don't even know if he actually made it three games. He might have only made it two. I think he played most of his rookie I think he got injured about halfway through the rookie year. Uh, he I had thought. a case of the fumbleitis in his rookie year yeah, and wound up riding the bench right. for Joyke Bell. Joyke's on you. I see I was going to slip <sighs> in and take all the goal line touchdowns. <laughs> four right touches, one yard, four touchdowns. <laughs> 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 so he'll be doing the same thing he was doing in Minnesota. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. More or less. All right, let's head back to the West. Oh, or the east. east. Sorry, the east. All right, so we got we got the Giants and the Cowboys. I'm going to get the more difficult one out of the way here and go with the Cowboys. And there was really only one. Ryan Switzer. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, there was no point in having you guys guess because that that was all that yeah. was all there was. Who's Ryan um, Switzer? Who's, I guess I'm who's not. replacing Doug Free. Uh, Lyle Collins. Oh, oh okay. they're moving Lyle Collins to the right side That's to right. give him a try at right tackle. Um, I was actually going to pick McFadden. As a solid handcuff was my But guess. he wasn't an addition. He wasn't an ad. He's been there for... Oh, he was an unrestricted free agent, and they signed him. They re-signed him. Yeah, but he was a free agent. You could have loophole yeah. it. I, I thought about loopholing a different one, but I just I decided to not do that. But Ryan Switzer is, is essentially the next Cole Beasley. A um, little bit taller. Uh, he, I mean, he's a white wide receiver, so that you know means that he's got to play in the slot. Scrappy. I mean, he's scrappy. Scrappy little gym rat. Um, but no, I mean, I, you know, his, his college shape was solid as a possession receiver. That's what he was brought in for. And that's what he's going to do. There's really not a whole lot to say. He has no fantasy relevance this year. I think, um, you'd have to see some serious injuries or some serious talent that we did not see from college in order for him to be draftable and startable, but you know, down the road and dynasty league, he's a guy worth taking in the third, fourth round. Of a start of a rookie of a rookie draft, yeah. Oh, of a rookie draft, yeah. I thought, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Not, not <laughs> reach for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, really, there's not a whole lot to say about him. Yeah, Cowboys didn't really do anything too much. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. It. I mean, the only thing that keeps breaking is their defensive linemen, and by breaking, I mean breaking the laws. <laughs> Jesus. All right, back to Carl. All right, back to the South. Uh, last but not least, the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints. Um, oh, they've signed seventeen running backs, <laughs> all to replace Mark Ingram. Yep, it's just crazy to me. Uh, based on the fact that you're a Vikings fan, game theory. I'm gonna say that you're gonna go with Adrian Peterson. Is that? What- Wow, that's. I'm going to say Adrian Peterson too, but I actually think Adrian Peterson is going to be the best running back this year. Score the most points. Of any team? Of, of New, for oh. New Orleans. For <laughs> okay, because I was yeah. like, whoa, that's yeah. a bold for New prediction. Orleans, I think Adrian Peterson is going to be their number one running back. Ted, Ted Ginn Jr. No way. No, it's not. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's Adrian Peterson. It's absolutely Adrian Peterson. <laughs> oh, thank God. You scared me, Carl. <laughs> that was the goal. Um,. I do like Ted Ginn Jr., but not as you much. You got to go somewhere. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> Michael Thomas five, can't catch 285 balls for 5,000 yards. <laughs> right. He just he just can't do it. <laughs> Him and Willie Sneed are not divvying up 2,500 each. Um, but no, it's Adrian Peterson. 
Um, the dude's not human. Um, well, I mean, as far as we know, as far as far as we're yeah. aware, um, the dude like I still think he has. He's lost a step, obviously, but I, he's lost he, a few. I don't know. He's he, still a freak, dude. Every time he can every, still whip that defense. <laughs> Like he's a great guy to switch it up. Um, I feel like every so every time he misses a season or misses like extensive amounts of time in a season, he comes back and rattles off like a fourteen or fifteen hundred, yeah, season leads the the he leads the NFL. Yeah, leads the NFL. I, I get that. I I I don't think he's going to do that this year because it's he's what 31, 32. He's, and it's real muddy he's in that back and right. He's not going to be getting. There's a lot of mouths. There's a lot of mouths to feed. This this year, I think it is Ingram and Peterson sharing time. Next year, when Ingram's gone, it's going to be Peterson and Kamara, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be Kamara's show. Who knows if it, even Peterson will be there after this year? That's true too. I mean, it could honestly be a situation where they wind up drafting a running back in the first round next year mm-hmm. to split time with Kamara. Right. So we don't really know where the future of that is going. Well, we kind of know where the future of that is going, but for this year, yeah, Adrian Peterson's the choice for me. Well, that's why I made that joke. I've kind of made a joke in the past, you could say, but it'll be Adrian Peterson on first down, Mark Ingram on second down, and Alvin Kamara on third. Like I could legitimately see that happening in this offense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, it'd be a shocker if it, if uh, Mark Ingram saw the ball that much. Yeah. <laughs> But so that's my uh, that's it for the NFC South actually. In order to NFC West, we have the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who also did not very do anything too amazing during the free agency. But they bring in quarterbacks think? to back up Palmer. Did they draft a guy? Uh, no, they brought. I think they brought in um, Blaine Gabbert. I no, I'm pr- I thought they drafted a guy, but no, I think I it mean, was Blaine Gabbert. Um, Jermaine Gresham getting re-signed. Mm-hmm. Or it's, maybe if they throw their tight ends more. Or is it? I'm gonna say plot twist, and you're gonna say nobody. I'm gonna say Blaine Gabbert. Oh, no, I picked Chad Williams. Yeah. Okay. They just I need a bigger it. receiver. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is old. Chad Williams wasn't even that great of a prospect. I think he. Um, I, I didn't watch too much of him, but I remember thinking he's he's a little slow on the routes. He's got stiff hips. But hey, he's six one, two hundred plus pounds. So nobody better to learn from than Fitz on how to run a route. Yeah, right. exactly. So if there's anybody that they picked off in the free agency, maybe him. Um, honestly, if he got over five, six hundred yards, I'd be surprised. But they didn't really pick anybody up, to be honest. No, they they really didn't. They yeah. didn't do anything. They're and they're going to be hurting after this year too. They're going to be a team that hurts because they're going to lose their all time best receiver, and they're going to lose. Probably a, Carson Palmer, a overrated quarterback in Carson Palmer. So I, I, I got nothing else really. I mean, Chad Williams, he, I, I don't think he's worth drafting this year. No. Um, not in a redraft league, he's not no. worth it. I don't think Carson Palmer is overrated. But I think Carson been, Palmer is extremely overrated. I don't think he's ever been highly rated. Yeah, I, to, to say he's overrated. I mean, he wasn't a number one overall quarterback. Um, but I, I mean, his name was never compared with those of like Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady or anything like that. He was always above average. He's always like mm-hmm. second tier, second yep. or third tier. He's always above average. And I, I think above average isn't overrating <laughs> personally, but that's maybe uh, for, you know, certain seasons. But he's had some really good years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like two. Yeah. And a couple with the, the Bengals and a couple with the Cardinals. Nothing and with the we just Raiders. Forget, yeah, we just forget about when he was with the Raiders. As oh, holy crap, yeah. he was. Yeah. Every, legitimately, everyone tries to forget about that. He tried to retire. 
He tried to retire just, just to so he didn't have to play there. for the Bengals. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's all we have to say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's about it. Don't draft him. So, last team in the <laughs> NFC North, uh, and I think the hardest one to choose a player for, would be the Chicago Bears. Mike Glennon. That's my guess. Um, Mike Glennon. That's not, if my, he, that's not my actual guess. I'm... That's my guess. I think he's going to start and he's... I'm going to say you're going to go with... Shaheen. You should finish this. No, we it's Vic, Victor Cruz. I, I'm, I was also going to say Victor Cruz. Um, so I wrote down three names. I have one that I have on... <laughs> well, it, it, there's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. Okay. None of them is Mike Glennon um, or Mitchell the Bitchell. Um, I'll, I'll start with the two I didn't choose and then the one that I chose. Because I think that there's a trio of wide receivers they signed. And one of them has to end up being their number one guy. And I couldn't remember the other two. <laughs> uh, so the, the two that I, I ranked a little bit lower um, are Victor Cruz... Um, he's been a solid guy. He's a little bit older. I think they brought him in for veteran pre- presence to help some of the younger guys. Um, Marcus Wheaton. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, who's solid player for Pittsburgh, role player. Um, yep. I don't think he's going to be that number one guy. I think he's no. going to be. I think he's a good, you know, number two, number three choice. He couldn't even beat out Sammy Coates. Um, and then the guy that I chose, uh, former uh, first round draft pick, Kendall Wright. Tennessee, oh, previously of the Tennessee yeah. Titans. I totally forgot about him. I think in the, yes, he never really lived up to the potential in Tennessee. Uh, but he's out never of all a bad the, receiver, though, no, no he's he's no. never been a bad receiver. He's mm-hmm. just never been that real number one guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all the players, out of all the receivers on Chicago, including Kevin White and uh, Cameron Meredith, I think this is he is the has the highest potential. To be that number one guy for them, for this um, year, yeah, I agree. With for that. this year, at least, uh, White maybe in the future, but I'm. I, He's got to play. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I worry about play. that. Yeah, I could even see really all like their top three receivers. I could see all of them failing to reach a thousand yards, but all being right around that seven fifty to eight fifty yard range. I, I it, it's agree. a it's a shit show. It's it's <laughs> just hard to it's hard to tell with that team. I don't even know. I wouldn't be shocked if they said that, oh, if it gets to week three and then they say, okay, we're not going to start any quarterbacks, <laughs> throw four running backs on the field yeah. and see what happens. Let's run the veer. <laughs> um, triple option, guys. Let's go. Um, Where's Michael Vick? Where's Michael Vick? So, I mean, that Chicago, stay away from Chicago. I mean, yeah. grab Jordan Howard and then just, just wait on the waiver wire on a wide receiver and see if any of them end up being something to grab. I yeah. mean. It's just there. There's one player w- uh, worth drafting in Chicago right now, and I mean, taking a late round flyer on a guy like Kevin White is something I I would do, just because he could have you know he could finally have that year where he plays. Um, I can't say breakout year because he hasn't really done anything, but he could have that year where he finally plays and could become a flex play guy. But well, I mean, you could say yeah. that the same thing for Cameron Meredith. Yeah, yeah there's five, Cruz, yeah, there's five receivers Wright. on Chicago that you yeah. could. That have all been like right in that yep. middle tier that you're just like, oh, any of these guys could bust out. But I mean, Mike Glennon throwing him the ball. Here's what they I They paid see. a lot of money for a backup quarterback who, even before Jameis Winston was there, when they had nobody in Tampa Bay, couldn't get starts. Yeah. Here's what I see happens to uh, all the Chicago receivers that do happen to get drafted. They're going to be dropped after week one. Yeah. If any of the receivers, except maybe Cameron Meredith, Get drafted at your fantasy your redraft fantasy redraft draft. 
I bet I'm willing to bet they're going to get dra- dropped after week one. When... If they're getting drafted, they're probably by Bears fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys are all waiver wire. Um, yeah. Let's see who's streaking right now and maybe yep. maybe grab them on a bye week kind of guys. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Good but, plug and play guys because yeah. Chicago will have to throw when they're losing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be at least one said, of them. that said, I mean, they could have a quarterback who could throw for 3,000 yards next year, which is not good. <laughs> yeah. Or two that throw for 1,500 each. All right, so last uh, but certainly least <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC East, uh, we have the New York Football Giants, Shane's favorite team. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so with the Giants, there were really, in my opinion, two routes to go. There, I know who I think is their best grab, and I don't think that it's going to be your choice. I'm picking Brandon Marshall. I'm picking Evan Ingram. I am also picking Brandon Marshall. Okay. This was a really tough decision, but because of the history of rookie tight ends, I did go with Brandon Marshall. If if it was any other position than tight end, I probably would have gone with it. But Wayne Gallman is still sitting there. Uh, okay. So anyways, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I want Brandon Marshall. The guys had a, a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he really has. Look at the numbers that he's posted. Even though he's been on now his fourth team, fifth team, whatever it is, he's had a very, very good career and always has been a thousand yard receiver for whatever team he's been on. Whether it be the Dolphins, Broncos, you know, uh, Bears, Bears, Jets, now the Giants. He's always been a thousand yard receiver. And I think, I don't expect him to get a thousand yards this year. Because I think that New York would like to go back to kind of old school football where the defense dominates and the offense runs the ball. And they throw when they have to. Plus, he's not the number one receiver on his team. Yeah. He is definitely the number two. The wide receiver position on that team is crowded and OBJ is going get, to get the majority of the looks for sure. Yep. Um, He'll be a 1,250 plus 10 t- plus touchdown receiver. It depends on... I mean, I know that some of us aren't high in Sterling Shepard. I'm not really crazy high on him myself either. Yeah. Uh, but he might take strides and take take receptions away from Brandon Marshall as well. You, you never know how someone's gonna um, improve or not. Um, I mean, you could. I could argue that you might see Marshall having numbers though, like Victor Cruz had last year, possibly, where he has yeah uh, a couple thirty eight catches and five hundred yards for the season. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility. Uh, with that said giving uh giving Eli Manning a pass catching tight end that he has probably hasn't seen since Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. Uh could give you a guy that has Jeremy Shockey like numbers. I mean, you could see him Jer- Jeremy Shockey, you know, was a, was considered a great pass catching tight end at the time. Yeah, at the time. With, yeah. with his, you know, 50 50 to 60 receptions in a season and 900 yards. I don't think that Jeremy Shockey, I think he might have had 1000 yard season, but I don't, think I don't even think he did. Uh, but yeah, like 900 yards, and that's going to be solid. And giving him a presence in the in the end zone, I yeah. I mean, I think it. To, I think it really is going to come down between those two, uh, between Marshall and Engram, about who ends up getting more touchdowns. See, I, I still think Brandon Marshall is a top tier receiver. I, I still think he's good. I think New York, New York can support 2,000 yard receivers. Um, don't get me wrong. That, that's I, I, oh, Odell Beckham is still the number one receiver, and he's still going to get at least 1,300 yards guaranteed. I bet. Mm-hmm. But I, I I still think Brandon Marshall can possibly hit a thousand yards and maybe like eight touchdowns. 
It's I, I don't see that out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, he is no. a red zone threat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, it's absolutely possible. He's still talented. I mean, he's never been like the fastest dude, but his technique is it's beautiful. Right. He's, he's the wily. <laughs> he, he boxes everybody out, and it. I think Brandon Marshall will still get his. I think he's better than Sterling Shepard in every aspect of the game. I still think he's going to do good next year. Yeah, no, I, I think he could. I, I don't think I would go as far as say, you know, 38 catches and 500 yards, but I would definitely say I could see him in the 60 to 65 catch range, um, maybe 850 to 1,000 yards. But I think if he hits 1,000 yards, it's not going to be by much. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's very possible. I mean, it like I'm not against Brandon Marshall. I just yeah. I just think oh, yeah. that, that that wide receiver crop is crowded. Very. And beyond uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know who the number two guy is going to be in that offense. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch him play next year, though. I'm not. Those two, you, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shane's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. But, two yeah, that's receiver. I mean that's that's all I have to say, really. All right. Well, that is the end of our topic this week. Uh, do we have any, any trivia? We have two questions. All right. Let's hear them. All right. So... They're they're fairly easy, um, or at least I thought they were. When oh, I didn't sing your theme song. Mm, Zexa trivia corner. Oh oh, get out of the corner. All right, there you go. <laughs> All right, thank you, Shane. Uh, who? What team has the longest drought without a thousand yard running back? I would say Detroit Lions. You you would be wrong because um, Reggie Bush. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. He barely got that. That was too. my that was my first thought too. I was gonna guess. Uh, hold on. It will surprise you. Um, is it Washington? No, no, no. Alfred Morris had a thousand yards. Oh, yeah, he yeah. had a thousand yards like three straight years. Mm-hmm. Trying to run through the teams. No, no. Baltimore. Nope, that they had a um, one had a thousand. Did Ray Rice Ray did it a few times? Jacksonville had MJD. But I mean, Ray Rice was is a few, it was a number of years ago. Is it? Nope. Buffalo had Lashawn. Has Miami had a thousand yard rusher and like Reggie Bush and Lamar Miller? Lamar Miller did hit it. Okay. How long is the drought? I'm gonna say Indy. The drought is going on. No, eight Gorgeous years. had one. Oh, that's right. Eight yeah, years. Eight years without a thousand yard running back. So wow. 2009? I'll give you a hint. They are in the NFC. NFC team. Is it the Niners? Nope. Frank no, Gore. Gore. Frank Gore, that's right. God. The Frank truth. Gore. Yeah. Is it the Broncos? It's I NFC. just said they're in the NFC. They're, yeah, the <laughs> NFC Broncos. <laughs> no. The, the St. Louis Broncos. No. They had Gurley. The St. Louis Broncos? Still? Oh, yeah. Green Bay. Nope. No, no. Eddie Lacy. Do you guys just want me to give it to you? Um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I have one. I'm going to do get one, one more guess. guess. You each get one more guess. Okay. Um, NFC, which means we talked about them today. Uh, is it the Eagles? Nope. Is it the New Orleans Saints? Nope. Ingram just had a thousand yards this past season. Carolina? Doesn't seem it like is Carolina. It. What? Carolina they, they, they hasn't had running a thousand back by yard running backs so because they were doing the dual running back oh, system yeah, right. for so long. D'Angelo Williams, De- before, right before they picked up Jonathan Stewart, I guess. In, it, yeah, the last line. time they had a thousand yard season was when they both had a thousand yards rushing in that offense. Huh. <laughs> that makes sense. They've been doing the running back by committee thing for freaking ever. Yep. And the other question here to end off everything is 
who is the team with the longest drought for not having a thousand yard receiver? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, the Cleveland Browns just had one. Um, <clears throat> did Baldwin hit a thousand yards this year? Yeah. Um. Oh, this is a tough one. Minnesota? Yep. Oh. It is the Vikings. Oh, I'm like, is yeah. it? Have we, what did I say? We've had a thousand yards. Randy Moss? Ma- no, no, Nate Burleson. No, Sin- sorry, Sydney Rice. You're right. It was Sydney Rice. Like, yeah, in 09. Uh, yep. Sydney yeah. Rice in 09. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? Well, I suppose Diggs or Thielen didn't. No. Nope. Diggs hit 940 something in 2015, and then Thielen hit like 980 in 2016. Ouch! But yeah, Nate Burleson was the last, or no, sorry, Sidney Rice was the last thousand yard receiver sent from him Minnesota. Off to, at at the time, the wide receiver graveyard in Seattle. Yeah, that's <laughs> still kind of the wide receiver graveyard. They just don't sign as much as they used to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, pretty good trivia corner this week. Um, so next time you guys hear from us, we are going to be doing a uh, hopefully. Who wants to be an NFL millionaire? Test your innate NFL knowledge. And the entire episode will be Zach's trivia corner. Uh, uh, actually, except Zach will not be hosting, so it'll be say. it'll be Chris's trivia corner. It's a separate corner of the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> we each have our own. We don't share our corners. Yeah, last week was Shane's trivia corner. Uh, luckily, there's four of us, and there's four corners in the room. If there was five of us, we would have a lot of trouble. Plot We'd twist. have to knock out a wall. Would you guys like to switch it from uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire to... Who can get the most points? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. that. I'll do a few different rounds and ask questions, and we'll ra- rack up points. So next week's going to be more of a fun episode. Take a week off of the studying and, you know, just come out to listen for a fun game. See if you can get them right along with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, all the Gatorade's been drank. Uh, Advil's been taken. Uh Carl's been nursing a beer for an hour. And, uh, it's probably got, warm by now. I got my degree in nursing. Thank you very much. And uh, that's that's the end of your fancy hangover. Have a good week, everybody. Right. Deuces.